Two Recruiters, One Mike. A podcast brought to you by Talent United, where we talk about business, people, and the business of people. That's Dion Hart. And that is Gary Banks. This is the radio. Well, here we go again. Happy Friday, or whatever day you happen to be listening to us. Uh, another episode of Two Recruiters, One Mike, with Talent United, Dion Haar in this seat, Gary Banks in the other. Hello. Greetings. Hey, how are we doing? All right. Uh, so, last week, uh, we spoke about, uh, well, I forget what we called it, but uh, basically questions that uh, you as a, uh, or people as job seekers or candidates might have about the recruitment process that they are either too afraid to ask or haven't asked or don't know who to ask. So, th- we thought that this week we would uh, sort of flip the script a little bit and address some of the questions that our clients or companies who are hiring might have. Yeah, and, and these are ones that probably are more likely to have been asked, um, but they're around the, okay, it's, it's one of those things I always want to know, do you guys do this or do you not do that or what's the situation um, with it? And so, yeah, th- these are definitely ones that get brought to the table yeah. on a regular basis. Or you read them on LinkedIn and people say, <coughs> bloody recruiters, why do they do this? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. maybe we do it, maybe we don't, but... Yeah, that's definitely the case. And the, the number one, the number okay, one without we're, a doubt. we're into it straight away. Well, why not? We could sort of ramble on for a little bit if you like. No, first. you'll, no, end, no, up, you'll okay. end up taking us down but, some weird Star Wars path. Yeah, might, most likely that's the case. But look, the overwhelming question, and I've actually had uh, clients and HR managers ask me this directly because they said, look, if you do this, that's it, you're done, you're dead to me. We'll never work again. You'll never work in this town again type stuff. Right. Um, and, okay, that's cool. I'm glad you got that uh, as as your philosophy because I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. And they'll ask me, do recruiters place people and then pull them out? Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, yes and no. I'm sure there are recruiters who do. Um, I wish they didn't. I wish they would, like, find something else to do for a living because they just make it tougher for the rest of us. Um, some will. We absolutely do not. I think it's a. I think it's a disgraceful act. I, I, I relate it to being a panel beater and walking around at night scratching people's cars. Like you're just <laughs> drumming up business at someone else's expense, yeah. and and you don't need to. There's enough. Like there's enough recruitment needed. There's enough vacancies around that you don't need to go and create them by pulling people out. We have, and I know on the other side of the business you do too. We have a an absolute staunch policy where we will absolutely not uh, approach anybody who works for anybody who's a client of ours. It's actively sourcing them, actually going out and approaching them. Yeah, and I I have literally had, uh, going back a few years, I had a client give me someone's name and said, I can't approach this person, but if you can get them for me, I'll pay you a fee. And I said, well, that's great, but I can't because they're also a client and I'm not doing it. Yep. I, I, because if I do it to them, then what good is my word to you? When I say to you, I won't do it to you. So, yep. yeah, it does happen, but, Jesus, it shouldn't. It's, yep. it's awful. And I think just to put context for people that don't know, the reason why that's not a good thing is that in the case where you've placed somebody in there, you, you receive a fee. That's yep. how that's how we get our money. The yep. client will pay us a fee and then you go and take them out of them and you go and place them somewhere else. And and it's normally – and I think where this is concerned about is if you do that, um, you know – Early in the piece, or you know, the first couple of months, or anything like that. If you know, and I have had this situation where people have come back to me after four years of working, and they've said, "Look, I'm ready to to move on." Yeah. 
But again, that's always been initiated from from that point of view, from the from the yeah. point of view. They've or, or, gone, or they'll apply to a job uh, ad or something. Yeah. You're right. And, and so that, that's what I was about to throw up some a couple of alternatives and say, well, hang on, what if this had happened? And whilst we say we might not, we're not going to go and actively source somebody, if somebody from Roll sees an ad that we've got and they apply to it, then, you know, we'll, we'll have a chat to them. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, well, they're leaving anyway, aren't they? They're actively looking. But, yeah. but in no, you know, in no instance ever should your recruiter be tapping people on the yeah. shoulder who work for you. And, and look, you're right to say that the, it does happen and I have heard instances and I've had this from candidates themselves that they've talked about the recruiters that uh, I don't really have a lot of time for and they will say, I just need you to stay there for three months or I just need yeah. you to stay there for six months because there's a, there's a guarantee involved in it so you don't have to replace that role if it's past that guarantee time. And so they'll say, just stay there for that much and then we'll get, get something for you. you yeah. know, which, if you're doing that from the absolute get-go, that's grubby behaviour. Yeah, it really get is. another job. Get out of the industry. Yeah. You're, a, that's, that's, you're a stain. So, so obviously that type of stuff is the... Is, uh, that's cut and dried, there's no doubt about yeah. it. What about... Let's, let's do a little, some hypotheticals okay. out there. So what, what about if it's a situation where you've placed somebody mm-hmm. and, uh, and it might have been a new client that you've not actually worked with before and but, you, we've done in the start you've done all your due diligence and you've found out about them and they seem a reasonable organization and that candidate comes back to you and says Dion, this is a nightmare this is abs- the mm. person is an absolute lunatic um you know that what what they're uh i don't know if i'm going to say that but look, what they're uh, doing is um yeah it's unethical and it's a terrible place and they're yeah. just you know it's the worst place ever can you find me somewhere else yeah it's a, I mean, it's no, a moral dilemma type yeah, stuff, isn't it? Yeah, is, it is, because I, I guess I would look at that through the lens of, again, that they've come, they've approached me, they've come back to me and said, I've, you know, I've made a wrong choice or I'm in a place I don't want to be. Can you help me find uh, something else? And I don't think we're, as recruiters, I don't think we're bound to, I don't think we're obligated to say to someone, no, I can't help you because you work for a client, especially in an instance like that. Um, you know, I think the differentiation again in that instance comes from: uh, Are they coming back to us and saying, "Can you help me?" Or are we going to them and going, "Hey, sh- between you and I, I could get you ten bucks an hour more down the road." Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that's that's definitely it's the initiation and how you go about it. This yeah. is the key. I look, I mean, I, I've had a situation that was uh, I think it was last year, um, and it's the first time it's happened in a like virtually forever or a very very long time. I've had we, we will often get new clients will come come along and they say, hey, can you help us with this? And and we want to really do as much information as we can, find out as much as we can. And this this particular firm, accounting firm, and I'd seen them, they'd been advertising for, for ages and they always seemed to be having jobs there. And I'd spoken to some people that had been there and no one was really prepared to say this is not a great place to, to work. But, you know, I just sort of, I was never sure about it. And then this guy approached me, the owner of the firm, and said, I want you to help me. And he laid it all out and he talked a good game. It was mm. uh, sounds like, oh, this, okay, this sounds quite reasonable. And I said, hey, you've noticed that you've had a bit of turnover. You've been a while. Oh, it's just really hard to get the right people. And so I pretty much gave this guy the benefit of the doubt, found him somebody, really good quality candidate to, to go in there. Two weeks into it, this guy has come back to me and said, this is just mm. a nightmare. And, 
And who was that firm? Well, we prefer not to say that. That was a little test. I just want to see if I catch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's come back and he said exactly that. He said, this this guy is it's it's bullying, basically, in the workplace and that sort of stuff. And I said, Jim, really? Is it that bad? And he said, that's it. I said, you know, I said, look, can we do anything? He said, no, we've got to go. So he's walked out the door. And then that client has got back to me on the phone and it was screaming. I remember. It was screaming <laughs> down the phone at me. It was unbelievable. I just, I couldn't believe this was an mm, adult human yeah. actually behaving like yep. this, and going like that. And I've just said, look, okay, that's it. Because the way that we work out the fees, we had a third for it up front. We have a third. We find somebody in a third when they start. So I basically said. I'm not going to go and refill this for you. Yep. I'm going to refund you back yep. Yep. that final bit of that fee because it's just ridiculous. There's no way anybody should um, should work in that uh, like that. And so just cut ties and went from there. And that's and, and, in that, 23 years, that's like the first time that's ever happened. That must so, have been an extreme case because I know you and parting with money are not please. the closest of friends. So please. for you to do that, it must have been... Uh, it must have been a bit of an extreme situation. Yeah. So, uh, in in short, uh, yes, it does. Uh, it does happen. Will it happen if you deal with any of us? Absolutely not. Yeah, that's where you go. So that recruiter's not placing point. So, the the next one is is one that um, is probably the next most asked question. I okay. guess uh, from what I've, I've seen, and it, it can be done in it's it, it's sort of in two parts. It's uh, hey, I've received a CV from two different recruiters. Right. What can I do and what should I do? Are they the sort of right, two, two okay. I mean, they're, they're different, they're both those questions are a slightly different uh, emphasis yeah. as to what you, you can do. So what, what would you suggest in those situations? Uh, well, I think the first thing is, first question I would ask of that person is, and let's assume they're not a client of ours because then it's a whole different thing, but did you give both recruiters permission to send you candidates for this job? Um, if the answer is no, it's pretty cut and dried. You take the candidate from the agency that you did give permission to put someone forward for. If you did give two agencies permission to put people forward, why? (laughs) Um, And I don't say that to take the piss. This is why we tell companies not to do it because it causes situations like this. So um, did you you give companies permission? Uh, Yes, if you did give both companies, both agencies permission to put a candidate forward, then the generally accepted rule is whoever put them forward first um, would be the agency that you would work with to progress that candidate further. But can I add a, a caveat onto that? That that presented them first with the um, permission. Yeah, with the permission and the knowledge of the candidate. Yes, yeah. because there's a difference between. Yeah, there is a difference between did you give this agency permission to put someone forward and did that agency discuss your role with that candidate and get their permission? Yep. Because, uh, you know, without that, again, we've said before, if you're dealing with people's privacy, you're operating unethically, blah, 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 et cetera. So, yeah, did, did you give two agencies permission? If you did, why? But if you did, who who did it the right way, which was discuss the role with the candidate, get their permission, and then put them forward to you first. Okay, so then that's happened. And they both said, yep, got permission. Okay. Got permission from the candidate. That one's come before for the other. How do you go? What do you do? Do you, do you, do you just say, well, you got there one minute before them. You supposedly both had permission. How do you find these things out? Uh, I would go back. If, so if I was the company, I'd go back to the, the recruiter that submitted them first and say, I've received this resume from two, from two agencies. You got it to me first. Can you please provide me with proof that 
you a have discussed the role with the candidate, and b show me their their uh, that you have their permission to put them forward to me. And if you can't, I'll go on to the next one. Yep. And say so to the second one, did you have permission? And if they had permission but they were second, I'd go with them. Yeah. Because that is really about it's not not about who gets in first unless all things are equal. But if one agency had you know has done it the right way and one hasn't, go with the one that's done it the right way. Every time. Yep. And it, was, it, go, it goes a little bit back to um, when we were talking from the candidate side last week yep. on, on these sort of things where they you say, oh, well, um, you know, how do you go over the process? What happens from here? And we, yeah, so, well, yeah, we get your permission to send you through. And it's for these very reasons. Yep, absolutely. Is, is, is what, what we do that. I've even had the situation where, again, with permission from the candidate, I'll go back and I'll go, hey, did you know that such and such a firm sent your details through or yep. another firm, if I don't know the name of it, for that, and they go, or they, and they, if they're genuine and, and believable, they'll go, well, that shouldn't have happened. Yep. I said, yep. that's fine. Do you mind? We're going to give your phone number to the to the client. The client's going to call you up and ask and ask you, who did you give permission to, and who yep. asked you about this first? And then that's the easiest way to fix it up. Your candidate's got to be comfortable with that. Sometimes they don't like they like, they don't want to be in the, the middle, middle yeah. of that sort yeah. of thing. And again, that's why when we work with candidates, we prefer them that they work exclusively with us because we don't have this sort of carry-on yeah. uh, happen. And honestly, if you just if, if there was some sort of law that just meant yeah. that you could only yeah. go, you know, as a client, you could only go to one one recruiter and as a candidate, you could only go to to recruit it to be easier because yeah. you'd never have these problems, but you know that's probably not going to happen. So. Yeah, I mean, like a uh, yeah, you know, um, financial advice, etc. You got to sign, you know, product disclosure statements, personal, you know, information, yeah. privacy statements, etc. If you if you had to sign something like that, it would solve a lot of problems. But I mean, we don't. You don't, and I, I can't even see that being the case, to yeah. be honest. So, yeah. so that's the case. So, so the the answer is not if I do receive the. CV from two different recruiters. The answer is not straight away who got it first. Yeah, you got to dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. If, if all thing, if all other things are equal, go with the person. Go with the agency that submitted them first, but only if they have done the job the right way and have the candidate's um, permission. Yep. So uh, this is another one that we've come and we've often uh, we, we've probably seen this a little bit more. Uh, along you know, with, with some of the behaviours that are happening, I guess, in candidate land at the moment. Right. Um, and that's, you know, why do I sometimes feel like there's a stall in the recruitment process? And this is from the client saying, right. and it, it's around the, hey, I've, um, you know, you've sent me a CV and um, I like them and I want to interview them and I've given you times and we haven't got times locked in. Or I have interviewed them and I really like them and I want to get out some feedback from them. Yeah. Or... I've sent a an offer, offer to that, and you know I still haven't heard anything back. And I think the young kids call it ghosting. Is that right. that's one of the the words that they say? I think everyone using? calls it ghosting. Oh, but, even the yeah. old kids. Okay, good. Uh, so yeah, so you know, ha, ha, what happens there? How do we get around this? What's the what's the what's the deal with that? Yeah, I mean, I guess um, like as you know, in the one we did last week. We, we sort of asked a similar question and I said there's, there's a heap of reasons that, that the process might slow down or might feel like it's slowed down. I guess from the, the first one, the first reason is well, we're dealing with human beings, right? So something very legitimate could have come up. They could be sick, they could have a sick family member, they could have lost somebody, whatever. There could be any number of reasons, legitimate reasons in the candidate's personal life that that have caused the delay. Secondly, they're working full-time, so their ability to, you know, jump in an interview, 
Um, if you're at the stage where you go, yeah, I really like them, G Gary organised an interview, and a couple of days later, you're like, why well, don't I have any times? Well, remember that that person, especially now, is quite likely working full-time. Yep. So it isn't easy to either or, you know, organise an hour out of work or an extended lunch break or take a day off or whatever the case may be. So there could be some legitimate reasons. Um, at the moment, with the way the market is, and we're seeing candidates have lots and lots of different options, they might be just processing a lot of different options. They might be going to a lot of interviews. They might be, if you're at the office stage and you're saying, well, I made the offer yesterday, where's my decision? Well, they might be weighing up two or three different offers. Mm. So, um, you know, there could be a lot of legitimate reasons sort of as part of the recruitment process. Again, could be workload on the recruiter's part. Maybe they just haven't got back to you in time. Um, there's any number of reasons. Yeah, I mean, you look even if it's to that offer stage, you know, is, is, have you made just the verbal offer or have you made the, the written confirmation? Because, yeah, maybe they've gone, okay, well, that's fine. I like the verbal offer, but I just want to see it in, yeah. in writing first, particularly if they're about to go and quit and leave Absolutely. job. At, at, it's normally that people want to see something in writing before you go that, and I would, I would encourage well, you to well, get something yeah, in, in writing at least. Ne never, don't quit a job. Uh, don't quit your job on a verbal based on a verbal offer. Yeah, so the, yes, they can be stalled. Uh, I think that's, that's the answer. That it can stall in the process. Things can go slower. And again, it's the same thing that we we talked about when we were speaking to candidates last week. And that you say, hey, I've given up trying to guess how long it's going to take. Yeah. Sometimes it takes. You know, we'll say, hey, we can get resumes or, or shortlists or, or a resume or somebody over to you, probably within this time frame. But from that point onwards, you know, it, it, we're in the laps of the gods yeah, in yeah. some ways. So. And I think we're all, you know, we're all, whether, whether you sit inside an agency or you're using an agency or you're, you're a company that's hiring and, and we're all under pressure to get roles filled. And I think there's a bit of a tendency, probably certainly in recruiter land, that to, to when there's a delay, we instantly think, oh, God, what's happened? You know, we made the offer yesterday. What's, they're going to call me and say they've taken something else, and we start catastrophizing. And that's why I stress sometimes there's just a human element. There's just a delay because people are people, and, yes, your work's important, but it's a small part of your life. It could be something that's got nothing to do with your job or your company or the offer that's slowing things down. So try not to stress too much and actually just cut people a little bit of slack, yep. you know, where they need it because you, you, you don't know what they're going through, yep. quite honestly. Uh, absolutely. That's uh, solid advice. Uh, next question is, um, is one that uh, we used to get a, a while ago, used to get a reasonable amount of times you'd get this question come through. I don't know if I've heard it a lot just recently, um, but it is, do you inflate the salary expectations of candidates you present to us? So do, uh, so do you inflate? So I'm oh, the client, okay. I'm so, the client and, okay. and you've presented me a candidate and you've said they're looking for X and you've made that a figure that's high because you want to get more money, you greedy recruiter. Um, right. Jeez. Uh, again, it probably happens. Um, it's not something I've done. I don't think I've ever done that. I don't. I mean, I I tend to think, why would you? Because you run the risk of pricing your candidate out of the out job. Of, yeah. You know, if the, if if the client's got a budget of a hundred to one hundred and ten, and you go, this person wants one hundred and thirty, well, they might just come back and go, nah, don't worry about it. And then, but if the candidate said, oh, I I, I t look at anything from one hundred and ten, you go back and go, oh, now they'll take one hundred and ten. You've like now you've muddied the waters for your candidate yep. just because you want to get a little bit more money. So what I mean, what I have done, and and we're I guess there's probably a lot of recruiters who are doing it at the moment, is where companies are saying to us as recruiters, this is the skill set we want, this is the type of person we want, I, you know, I've got budget up to 
you know, 150. And we go, look, here's a person, they've got all the skills, but in, you know, full disclosure, they do want X amount. And you can make a decision whether you want to consider their application or not, knowing that they will cost you this much money. Because, yeah. you know, if, I mean, you've only got to spend a couple of minutes on LinkedIn and you'll see salaries are all over the place, candidates making all sorts of crazy demands, and it's all just the Wild West out there. So it's, it's very hard for... It, well, it's a lot harder for us to answer clients' questions when you come to us and say, well, what, what do I need to pay for this role? It's like, well, the market's really going to determine that. So we might find someone who's a good fit, but they want more, and we'll tell you that, and then you make that decision. So I think that like a lot of these things, it comes down to what is your intention? If your intention is to educate uh, your, your client about here's the skill set you want, and this is what it's going to cost you to buy that, versus if I say they want more, I get more. Yeah. If you're doing it for the second reason, you, you, I mean, ultimately, it's probably going to come back and bite in the ass because you're going to price your candidate out of the job. Yeah. And it's okay. I think the, the couple of things you put on there, you know, if somebody's coming back and saying, you know, how much do I need to pay? I, I think, the, firstly, the answer is invariably it's more than what you paid last time. So oh, it, it's, yeah, it's going almost to be the case. without question. In, in virtually every industry in all areas, the, the salaries have gone up. Yep. Cost of living is increasing. We're heading potentially towards the dreaded R word in our economy. So, you know, people want to be, make sure that they're getting well remunerated yep. for it. And I guess this question comes around, and, and I have, heard, again, heard from this, this behaviour of recruiters that I don't have much time for, that I wish were not around, mm. um, where they'll go... Yeah, to somebody, you know, they're they're on sixty. Hey, hey, I can I can get you ninety, and that's the whole reason yeah, that they've gone yep. to somebody. It's not just about do you want to make the next stick in your career and, and move up. I can just get you more money, and so they're looking to to go out. And and then you know, and really when it comes down to it, it's, sometimes at the end of the day they don't get them more money, but they're just using that as the the bait yep. to try and get that candidate to work. With them. Like the real estate agent who. Your house is worth six hundred, and they go, "Oh, I'll get you seven fifty if you list it with me." And yeah. you ultimately, you end up getting five eighty. Yeah, yeah that's it's right. on the market for eight months, and they never they weren't very good to begin with. And, and it's yeah. the same thing. And what you know, from the canvas side of things, what they potentially don't realise, if you're dealing with somebody who does that, they are then going to send your details all over town at as a ninety k person yep. when you're a sixty k person. Everyone's going to go, "Nah, not interested, not interested, not interested." Then when you really do want to move, they go, hey, I want you the peanut that was looking for 90 uh, a, a couple of months ago. Oh, now all of a sudden you're looking looking at 75. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, so That's what it, I say. Just, you're just muddying the waters yeah. for your candidate down the track. So, yeah. No, you said it's definitely the intention of, of, you know, how you got – we will often say to people, the candidates when we're talking to them, you know, my question is, is, is threefold. One is what you're on now. Two is, you know – what is your realistic desired amount that you're looking for? Yep. And and I always put that word realistic in there because if you say what's your desired amount, you know, everyone says a million bucks, but yep. realistically we're not all going to get that. And then where will you consider from? You know, What's the level that below which you don't want to consider but above which you will? And then you know where the ballpark is. Yep. Um, and there might be people that if they're happy in their role, and I hear this all the time, they go, you know what, I'm happy here. I'm going to say, look, it has to be, and it's... It's a it's the gambit claim. It's a ridiculous figure, yeah. and and I think the, the difference here is if you've got a good recruiter on your side as a client, they push back to those candidates and they go, "Well, you're not going to get that," yeah. and and you say, "Sorry, that that's just not going to happen." Hey, look, if it, if anything comes up, I'll run it past you. It'll be a lower level than that, and you can make your call from that. Yeah, and they don't then start presenting those candidates to you um, at these ridiculous amounts. 
uh, because all, all it does, as I said, it muddies the, the water down. If those people are applying, uh, or if you've approached them directly, um, you don't necessarily have somebody pushing back on your behalf yeah. uh, for that. And that's you know, perhaps one of the reasons why you would engage a recruiter to help that. It's, it's to help to keep um, the, everybody real uh, to what's in the marketplace. Yeah, and I guess if you're... The other time you might strike it from a recruiter is, you know, from the outset of the... Well, either at the outset of the, the assignment where you say, look, I, you know, I want to pay between 80 and 100, and if, if you're dealing with a recruiter who's placing lots of the similar types of people, they might say, look, I can tell you you're not going to get anyone for less than... Or you're not going to get your whole skill set you're searching for for less than, you know, X amount, for example. So if there's some pushback... And again, it's a recruiter that you know and you trust. They're, they're talking to the market a lot more than you are. You're, you're talking to the market when you have a need. And like you say, you're probably looking at the salary when you recruited the role the last time. And especially now, it's not the same. Um, the recruiters that you're talking with, are, that, you, that you're dealing with, are talking to the market all day, every day, basically. So they've probably got a better handle on what the market's paying um, than you do. It's not always the... It's not always the news you want to hear, but it's probably more accurate than, you know, your understanding of where the market sits because it is moving. That's not because recruiters are great, but the market is shifting a lot really quickly at the moment and, you know, we're doing our best to keep up with it. And if your recruiter's good, they're, hopefully they're doing a reasonable job of that. Yep. All right, well, there's, there's a whole lot of more uh, questions that we've got here. So it might actually make way for another another talk or maybe even one of our talent bites down down the track. Right um, but that's probably it for it for today. Um, so if uh, if anyone does any of your questions and they'd like to to get onto the website uh, the, uh, uh, tworecruitersonemike.com um, and they can you can put up your talent bite question of, of which this is sort of a a combination of or and again if there's enough in that we'll, we'll make it into a whole episode uh, otherwise tune into us uh, wherever you you get your your downloads from and uh, we will speak to you next time see you later Thanks for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe so we can reach more people. And don't forget, if you want to submit a question for our Talent Bites section, you can do so on our website, tworecruitersonemike.com. See you next time.